Hey guys, this is a, a message titled, The World is Filled with God and Good, Always Has Been, and how the 4th century interpretation of the Western uh, thought from Hebrew and Aramaic into Greek and Latin really introduced sin separation and almost the exact, well, not almost the exact opposite of what the writers were writing about. The writers were writing about the creative ability of God and man. And so I'm just going to share a personal journey and, and really hopefully heal um, where all this idea of guilt and shame and that you could ever be separated from God came in. And uh, God's never been upset with you. He's, he's never uh, been upset with things like disobedience and all these things that you may have been, been taught. And it really comes from, like I said, the interpretation into uh, Greek from the Aramaic and Hebrew, as I'll show you. That's pretty interesting. And so when, when, uh, when I was growing up as a little kid, I was the youngest of seven and alone a lot and never had any concept that I was dirty. Um, never had any idea that uh, uh, God was mad at me, that I was a sinner, that somehow I was disobeying God. I was just filled with the wonder of how come I know things that uh, I've never been taught? How come you can sit in my creative thoughts and just daydream sometimes out playing basketball or throwing a baseball to myself up in the air and catching it over and over and over. And I could just be fulfilled with joy. And then all of a sudden, sometime later, I was taught about sin and, and uh, somehow I go from this beautiful innocence that uh, um, now, wait, wait, what? I'm dirty. I'm a sinner. Unless I make the right decision, I'm going to burn as a rotis on a rotisserie stick. Like what? It was foreign to me. And not, the rest of the world does not even think like this, guys. In fact, the writers of scripture never thought like this. And they're misinterpreting the, the passion of God uh, for his intimacy with us as something negative. And so there's some questions that why I went on my own journey and why every religious leader I ever met in my life that uh, came from Western thought and Western Christianity never answered these and still haven't to me. And I think because they start with the wrong, um, they, they start with the fourth and century interpretation, which were separate from God and, and that with sin. And uh, that's why we have 40,000 in some estimates, 60,000 some estimates of ways to get back. Well, you're going to get that many wrong interpretations um, when you start with the wrong premise. And so um, here's just some questions that hopefully that then this will heal up for you as well. It says um, just some basics. I, I would, Barbara and I, when we first were introduced to this and really took the scriptures seriously and started le learning on our own, we're in a mega church here. And, and I said, is God love? Yes. Okay. Well, I just read in 1 Corinthians 13 that love keeps no record of wrong. So if God is love, when did he start keeping record? Oh, because there were two naked people in a garden thousands of years ago. And, and even though God's omniscient knows everything, he knows the beginning from the end. He knew he was going to design humanity, um, where in the end, in their theology, two-thirds of the people are going to be tortured forever. But uh, we're so divinely created. And I've got this picture shown up of the International Space Station, where you look at the Earth, and this is a picture. You can kind of see Lake Michigan, the Great Lakes above, like you see Chicago and some of these cities that uh, the International Space Station can be going five miles per second. The world is so precise uh, that uh, you can set off a rocket in any country in the world that has the technology and connect with this vehicle in space that can look out over the Earth going five miles per second and just connect beautifully and, and seamlessly and become together. And if God was so mad that uh, there were two naked people 
in a garden and a snake somehow audibly talked to the lady and the lady um, listened to him. And now God is so angry that somehow he kicks them out of his presence and uh, unless they get back in through their own right decisions, even though they had no choice of getting there in the beginning, um, they're going to be burned forever. None of that made any sense to me. You know, if the world has fallen, this was one of the questions I had too, why is it so orderly? Why is it that anywhere in the world, doesn't matter any race, you could take any race or religion, you could take a Buddhist, you could take a, uh, a Hindu, you could take a, a Jew, you could take a Christian, you could take a anything, you could take an atheist, and God's laws work. Well, why is it so orderly if it's fallen? And I think it's always been orderly. I think it's always been the writers were celebrating this beautiful magnificence, trying to figure out this life of the creativity of God, where we can come together in intimacy and through no effort of our own, create new life. And then the life to come is what they're trying to describe. You can trust God. As if God was this faithful with this orderly world, you can trust him that that seed of Christ is going to rise up within every one of you. And so is the God love? Yes. Well, God keeps no record of wrong. Why is God so angry that um, couldn't he figure it out any other way? He's so mad that the lady listened to a snake in the garden. Now every one of his, his people is polluted. No way, no way. And so, and uh, I would ask this, is God the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes, there's no shadow or turning. We see all these ideas in scripture. Then why did things change 2000 years ago? Oh, that was because of man. No, wait, God doesn't change. That doesn't change. He didn't have one set of rules and then a new set of rules. And this is the big problem with the grace guys, even in my opinion, is uh, that's not what they're talking about. The old covenant, the older man, the firstborn man is the flesh. Well, that was the old covenant that fades away at 50 guys at Pentecost. And then the humanity is completely birthed in the spirit. And when we lay down this flesh, you can trust that the seed of Christ will rise up in everyone, no matter how they misuse the spirit. That's the great news. <laughs> now, while you're here, guys, you have Christ in you, the wisdom and power of God. You can enjoy anything you want. And the whole goal, guys, is to, to learn. God became man of what the scriptures wrote so that we could learn how to become God. We, we practice being God. We practice every possibility that's available so we can be one with God. No matter how, mis, how, how poorly you, you misuse the spirit, that's creative ability. You can trust that everyone will be redeemed. And the writers wrote about this constantly, that you can trust God. How can you trust God? Uh, in fact, a, a friend of mine that went to a Bible school, he came to me probably about two years now, and I hadn't seen him for a while. And he goes, how can you trust a God that would that would that that was so angry that the only way he could look at us was to kill his son? I said, you can't. That's In fact, that's, that's, uh, that's really sad, actually. That's just really bad theology. I know I'm stepping on toes, but it doesn't settle my heart at all. And all I get is emails constantly. People going, I've never been so free in my life. I can't believe how much the scriptures have come alive to me where there's no bad news in the good news ever. Never has been, never will. Um, yeah, the other question is, if the world has fallen, why is it so orderly? Why can, why can, a, um, why can a, a Muslim uh, in, a, in a Middle Eastern country plant a seed of wheat and an atheist plants a seed of wheat and a Western Christian plants a seed of wheat, and the seed of wheat always returns. Why? Because the prayer of both pelvis never changes. It goes, just as you see on earth, where two things come together, life is in the seed, just as physical intimacy is. As you plant wheat, you get wheat. You plant corn, you get corn. He goes, I planted the seed of Christ in every human, and that will not return void. Everyone will return to their oneness with God. And so 
Um, here's here's one. This this was came in and this is you. You'll be happy. They said, uh, uh, I just heard a terrible service about one Peter four nineteen, and I'm going to cover that for you. Um, good news, because she wrote, I just heard this horrible service about suffering for God. And so I wrote, this was always a question I had too. Why does God desire us to suffer? When no loving, if any of you guys that are parents or grandparents, um, none of you want to see your kids suffer. So why does God want us to suffer according to one, one uh, Peter 4? Um, and I would ask these questions to the religious leaders. Are we more compassionate? Are we more loving than the source of love itself? That doesn't make any sense to me. And so do we have more love than God himself? Like if, if in our hearts, we don't want to see our kids, grandkids, or humanity suffer, but somehow God, it's great to suffer for God. Well, then that contradicted almost every prayer group I was in too, because when we saw somebody suffering or in pain or, you know, in poverty or, or a physical struggle, we would pray for that to go away because in our hearts, we inherently know that God is good. He's always good. We desire love. We desire good. And the only people that are really angry are the ones that become like their God. So if they have an angry God that pits one person against the other and God blesses one set of people because they, they said some magic words uh, in a service or at a, at a uh, evangelistic you know, campfire, um, uh, now he's going to bless you more than others. No way. Have you ever not seen an atheist totally happy, um, just, just knows that God loves them intuitively? And they use different language that Christians are uncomfortable with. They say the universe loves me. Well, yeah, sure because there is nothing outside of God. And so the entire universe is contained in God, has to be. If God was the beginning, which every Christian would understand, then why would we think that there's anything made that's outside of God? Can't be the only source and substance that everything's made out of is God himself, the creativity of God himself, the, the energy of God himself. So anyway, I just said, if God desires us to suffer, then aren't we praying against the will of God when we pray for people to be healed, when we pray for them to have abundance, when we pray for things to go right, if God desires us to suffer for him? And then now that really just, just takes this place where you no longer have faith in anything. You, have, you can't doubt God. And the writers of scripture were trying to show you these two beautiful covenants that were given to God, where you've been one with God the whole time. And so uh, I just wrote some notes. God is love. God never changes. God has never been upset with you. God entered into man from the beginning. He, ruach, he breathed his life and incarnated the very first man. And he's never changed. He's given you, you entered into this world of duality. That's really this whole idea that you're, you're cast out in, from the garden, the womb of the woman, the creative place, the holy place. Now there's the holiest of holies, which is up here. And we have this revelation and we return to oneness with God at the end. And so he has always loved you, always will. He's not angry if at your disobedience. I know that just is hard for people. He keeps no record. There's he's, there's no judgment in the anointing. You can do whatever you want with it. And so I'm just going to show you now how the fourth century interpretation um, from Hebrew and Aramaic into the Greek completely missed all these words. That's that our heart just goes that can't be God. And so uh, uh, right now, guys, you can have anything you desire. The anointing of God is in you. You can so if you want abundance, have it. Lay hold of it. Just say, this is how I want to live while I'm here. If you want to joy, have it. Take it right now. If you want to health, have it. Have it right now. This all, Everybody's flesh is going to fade away. That's the old covenant that fades. As glorious as Moses was, is it fades. It's not comparable to the, the life that is to come, the, the glory of all glories, the holiest of holies. There are return to oneness with God from this many-membered body of Christ, which we are right now. So anyway, um, you can have all of that, which every prayer verse uh, uh, reflects that um, 
they're 100% assurance. Hey, believe you have received it. Lay hold of any possibility that's already available. The work is complete and receive it. So uh, let me just show you one other picture. This is so cool to me. Um, and this was, these are just things we were contemplating on the fellowships, guys. And if you want to join us, uh, oops, <laughs> let me get rid of that. So here's a photographer in the International Space Station. So look how precise and orderly the world is, guys. Don't tell me the world has fallen. Don't tell me God has changed. He's never changed. That was a misinterpretation of scripture. The writers, when I talked to some of my Hebrew friends that uh, really understand the scripture spiritually, they go, no, there's no God, there's life and life to come. It's, uh, they have no concept of the separation and hell and guilt and shame and all the things that, that we have. And wouldn't it be interesting, instead of teaching little kids in Sunday school that they're sinners separate from God and God's angry at them if they do something wrong, to you are God's people, you are one with God, Anything you set your hand to, it will prosper. You will run the, the banking systems of the world. You will run, you can do anything you want in the world. Now we say that, and then we introduce them to these concepts that maybe not if you disobey God. Well, <laughs> the, spiritual, the spiritual Jews, we have to look no further, guys. They do all those things, and do they not believe all those things? Of course, and, and there's no separation, guys. You can have the same thing. So I just think this is so fascinating. Like, tell me... This lady's in awe of humanity, of the world, of God's creation. And then somebody goes, you know, because of because uh, there's this babe who was naked in the garden 2,000 years ago, and she ate from this, this or it's uh, 4,000, 6,000, whatever years ago, and now God's really mad, and uh, you're going to burn in hell forever if you don't accept him. This lady has no concept of that. She's in awe of the creative ability of God. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to get people to do, to heal your book, guys. So... Let me uh, let me let me get out of all of this, and I'll show you where this all came to pass. All right, okay, and uh, I'm not going to go through all of this. It would take me hours just to go through all this, beloved. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial that has come upon you. There's so much wrong with this, and if you were insulted for the name of Christ, look at this. If you're insulted, to reproach, revile, uh, it doesn't even say that. If you go dig down deep into it, it literally is is. Um, reproach, disgrace. Guys, come on. There's no judgment in the spirit from Anoma. The nature, the fame, the reputation of God is really this root of this, just translated wrong in Greek. If you are, uh, it's really this, here's the verb and here's the same thing, Anomati, the, the noun of the anointing of God. So it's, it's really this, if you've been in this nature of the nature of God, you are blessed because the spirit of God and glory rests upon you. So let me just go through this. For it is time for the judgment to begin with the family of God. If it begins with us, what will be the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, because of what we just read, those who suffer according to God's will should entrust their souls to their faithful creator. What? So what if we have, what if we've prayed and everything works where we're blessed, we're abundant, um, we're full of joy, we're, we have divine health? Are we not to entrust our souls to the faithful creator? Here's, let's get to the root of all this stuff, where this becomes. Disobey. All right. Disobey, rebel, am disloyal, refuse conformity. From, from this root, apatheo, apathe, I, I may say it wrong, so apatheis. All right. The unbelieving, the disobedient, not persuaded, literally unwilling to be persuaded, which shows itself in outward disobedience. We're rejecting God. Oh, no. Guys, it's impossibly based on scripture. It says, all will bow. All will bow and go through the fiery trial. And the fire, guys, of God is never, 
it's always purification, the purifying of God, the passion of God purifies you. So patheo, patho, which is really just to be persuaded, faith from the root of pistis, faith. So this is unfaith, according to the Greeks, how they translate it. And let's look at this alpha. This is where all the problems come in every word of, of sin, of disobedient, of unrighteousness, all these things. So alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Alpha, the first like Greek alphabet. Alpha is used as a prefix called as primitive use, and typically, parentheses, means no or not. All right. It's used four times in Revelation and never means no or not. I am the no or not in Omega. No, of course not. It says I'm the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the Alpha and Omega. Four times. And then if you read this, this doesn't even make sense about unforgiveness, but let me go get down to where this all really happens, guys. Alpha, Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. Of Hebrew origin. Oh, really? Of course it is, guys. These, the, the Western writers were taking Eastern thought in Hebrew and Aramaic and translating into Greek. The first letter of the alphabet, figuratively, only from its use as, as a numeral, the first, alpha. Well, guys, the first and the first letter in Hebrew never, ever, ever, ever means no or not. In Greek, it may mean asymmetrical, would mean not symmetrical, but they translated a transliteration from a word from the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, put it at the first letter in Greek and says, oh, this means no, because they have this idea of separation. Guys, you want to see what, uh, um, what, let me go to Hebrews for Christians. If you go to grammar, the alphabet, Hebrew consonants. All right. Every Greek letter, that's 22, has a number and imagery attached to it. Well, Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Toph, joined together in covenant, is the last. So they took the Greek Alph from Aleph and said it means no or not. Oneness. Well, guess what? Aleph means one in Hebrew. And it never, ever, ever means no or not. Is the father of the left bet, whose original pictograph represents an ox, the strength Guys, Aleph means the strength of God in the covenant. Its numerical value is one, is also 1,000. So with these words, a day is like 1,000 years, 1,000 years is like a day. One in 1,000. He owns the cattle on 1,000 hills. Does that mean he doesn't own the cattle on 1,001 hills? If we take it literally, yes, or it's a possibility, at least he doesn't, because he only owns 1,000. Guys, what he's trying to say is the largest number. Everything is and always will be oneness with God. Cannot be anything else. It's, it's oneness. Everything is oneness. It means one in a thousand. It's, it's alludes to the ineffable mysteries of the oneness of God. Indeed, the word aloof derived from the very nervous letter means master or Lord. Now, now, here's what's really interesting. There's a man of Vav resting, and there's the earthly Yod, which is the, the, the seed cast out in physical intimacy, the finished work of 10. So once the man is finished in physical intimacy, the strength of God is released. Same thing in the divine realm. Interesting that Aleph, uh, the same word, the grammatria has the same as Yudhe And so it literally means the strength and covenant of God himself. They, if you can go through all of these, it's really a fascinating thing. Um, let me just show you one other here. Is uh, uh, the spiritual interpretation of, of one or the first letter in the, in the Hebrew alphabet, which Aleph was taken from. <clears throat> All right. So remember, it means from the Hebrew, the first letter of the alphabet, singularity. Left is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet and signifies the number one. 
Aleph indicates the oneness and unity of the creator. From the beginning, you've been one and it will always be one. It's a one number one and it's number thousand in Hebrew, which means everything is and always will be. It hints that beyond the illusion of separation and duality is underlying oneness. Nothing is separate and the creator is the source of everything. The shape of the Aleph is two yods, the finished work, one above and one below, with a diagonal line, the Vav, a resting Vav. Vav is always man because the Vav is number six and he was created on the sixth day. Representing the higher world, spiritual realm, heavenlies, and the lower world, the earthly realm, separating, connecting the two. Aleph represents the creation of something from nothing, the mystery of the kingdom of God. It is the essential symbol of beginnings and ultimate reality that cannot be talked about. It's timeless. It never changes. This was the thing that I couldn't, no Western Christianity could explain to me. Well, God changed because, no, he is, no, we can't make him change. He never changes. <laughs> you really can what we talked about. Timeless, spaceless, present ever is the one that cannot be divided, represented perfection beyond human comprehension. Bet now is two within, or the number of duality, where we're birthed out of the woman's womb, out of the garden, and we learn how to become God, where we can experience anything we want. So let's go back to this. <clears throat> um all of these different, uh, hold on, where am I? Stop share. I got to get rid of some of these windows. Sorry. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I got to get back to 1 Peter 4.19, sorry. <laughs> I closed, closed the wrong window. 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4. All right. I'm back. Sorry, guys. All right. So disobey the gospel of God from this apotheos. If it's truly from Hebrew and means oneness, it a is never a negative particle in Hebrew. I just showed you that, persuaded. So, patheo, to be persuaded or have confidence in or the urging of what? Of A, of the oneness, of the finished work of God, of the strength of the ox of God. Translated as disobedient, guys, I'm just telling you, it was the exact opposite because of that A. Every time you see this. Now, let's look at this. Uh, it is hard for the righteous to be saved. What will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Well, let's look at these same words, guys. Ungodly. You're going to see this disobedient every time you look. A, sabomai. All right, sabomai, a sebes, from alpha is a negative prefix. I showed you that. It's never that. It's never that. In fact, uh, letter of the Greek, the first letter of the Greek alphabet, this was the transliteration. They took the first letter of the Hebrew, not knowing that it's symbolic of oneness and of a thousand and as the strength of God never means no or not. In fact, it's never used as no or not in scripture, except in the Greek interpretation of it. So on without typically means no or not. No, it doesn't. Not in Hebrew. And even how it's used in scripture, it doesn't mean that. That's what's fascinating to me. So, <clears throat> Sabomai, let's see what that is from Sabo. The reverence, the worship, the adoration, the personal esteem of to hold something or someone of high respect. See how we get these really bad things in Western Christianity where not highly esteemed. Come on, guys. Are you kidding me? You know how complex a human being is? We have all these different things that somehow 
God doesn't hold us in high esteem. No way. Not buying it. <laughs> in fact, neither is scripture, actually, if you dig in. There's nobody dares to go here, in my opinion. An ungodly man from a Sabomai. No way. Here's what it literally means. Alpha, which is the oneness, the strength of God in the physical covenant of man, the unity with your creator, the worship, adoration, and oneness. He's made you one and unified with him. So how do we screw it up? Call it ungodly. How horrible. And then let's look at sinner. And then we'll talk about suffer and be done, guys. <laughs> so, hamartalos, drive from hamartano to forfeit, missing the mark. And I, miss, I never, this, sorry, to miss the mark, to do wrong, to sin, hamartano, from A, first letter of the Greek alphabet, alpha of Hebrew origin, meaning the Greeks got alpha from the Hebrew Aleph, figuratively only from its use as a numeral, the first alpha. Never means no or not. In fact, means the exact opposite to the writers of scripture, guys. So instead of meros, without your portion, or you don't have your portion of share because you're sinning, even though God never keeps record of wrong, somehow you did something so badly, or Eve did so badly, because she listened to a snake being this babe in the garden that God can't somehow, being God, who is pure love that tells us to forgive, somehow can't get himself to forgive humanity. No way. They just, I'm telling you, this is all mistranslation. There's no bad news in the good news, guys. Um, and this is your portion, your share, your parts, um, one's due portion. You will receive one's portion to receive one's portion. Well, there is this life. You're going to receive this portion and you will receive the portion of God. So sin is no concept to the writers of scripture. Now I'm going to get all kinds of hate mail. I know, but guys, doesn't it make more sense that the writers were talking about if you don't understand the parable, parables that every seed returns after its kind, just as the first seed of intimacy gave you this life, that the seed of God himself and every human being, that seed will not return void either. We will go back to our oneness with God from this many member body of Christ. It, that's what they were talking about, the old covenant and the new covenant, now the new set of rules and old set of rules. The old man fades away. There's two, two men all through scripture. First, the flesh man, the older brother. Where does all the inheritance come? The spiritual realm, the, the, the smooth man, all through scripture, every story. The, so anyway, Lily, sin should not be translated without your portion. It should be with your oneness and the finished work of God himself portion. So then who suffer according to God's will? All right, let's look at suffer. Either good or bad, properly to feel heavy emotion. All right, well, do you feel heavy emotion in physical intimacy? Of course you do, guys. So just as our hearts ring true that there's no way anybody should ever suffer. We hate it as parents. We, we don't like to see it. It's just contrary to our inner nature. But somehow we're convinced because we, got, we have to get them in Sunday school that, hey, no, no, no way. No, this God of love is really bad guy. So he couldn't stand Eve listen to a talking snake. That's no, never happened to me. <laughs> Hopefully it's never happened to you. Um, then there's probably more challenges than you think. So then who suffer according to God's will? Why are we praying again? You never have faith then. If you, this might be God's will for me to suffer. Come on, guys. God is love. He allows you to choose any possibility within. That's why all the prayer verses is 100%. So what is suffer? Here's the, so then, here's what it's saying. So then everyone's going to experience the passion and intimacy according to God's will. We can trust this God. He's loving you know why? Because we will, uh, we will receive our portion of God, sinner, ungodly. We will be persuaded 
he, he, I mean, I'm sorry, disobey is to disobey was to not be persuaded. This is literally saying that uh, he has our oneness and he reverences us. He worships us. He adores us as God's highest creation. So I promise you guys, go look at everywhere where it says unrighteous, disobedient, sinner, all will say from A, translated from Hebrew, which means oneness, the strength of God, always will be, always will. Never, the idea of sin was never in the, the writer's concept. Bad translation, the fourth century again. So hopefully that heals some of your book, guys. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about some of these concepts in the uh, online fellowships. And, and most weekends, um, we were in Aspen with family this weekend. But uh, this Sunday at 10 a.m. Mountain and 6 p.m. Mountain, you can go to freedomministries.live. The password is freedom. And uh, we talk about these things. But I just want you to know that you've always been loved, always have been loved. God's never upset with you. Um, he has no concept of this idea that you're a sinner, you're, you're dirty, you're disobedient, not even close. All those words are the wrong translation of your oneness and, and the, the strength of God in the two covenants, which is a left toff. That's, I've showed you that in Genesis 1, used 11,050 times, never in your English translation. And it's the core of scriptures, the two Hebrew letters, Aleph and Toph. From the beginning to the end, there will be two covenants. God didn't change. The interpretation of scripture in the fourth century changed from Eastern beautiful thought, the creative ability of God and man to sin and all these different things that we have. Guys, just challenge you. You can have anything you desire right now. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. Enjoy life. Now, he's not upset with you. There's no judgment in the spirit. You can do whatever you want with this spirit. Now, but the goal, guys, is to learn the journeys. You All possibilities are available, and you will realize we were designed to live in love, and, and there's a win-win for all humanity that we see. There's no lack. There's no, there's no shame. There's, there's uh, all these things we can enjoy, God. It's learning to live in God's covenant in perfect love. So hopefully that hears your scripture, guys.